Hey everybody, it's Bill Courtney with an Army of Normal Folks, and we continue now with part two of our conversation with Wendy Steele right after these brief messages from our generous sponsors. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're gonna get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Do the applicants, are you searching out female applicants or it, it, that's not a thing? It's, nope. a, it's a female-based philanthropy giving power to women to make a difference in their communities, but you're not specifically seeking out women-run no. organizations. No. And that was the other thing. Back when Impact 100 started, there were women's funds that were just starting to come into favor around the country. And a lot of them, they were giving with a gender lens, meaning they would only fund women and girls initiatives. And although I think that's important, I don't think that's the whole story. What I know about women is that if there were a cure for prostate cancer, Every woman I know would be happy to fund it. So when we get too focused on one part of the community, the whole community can't thrive. All right. So you did this. And then here we are 20 years later, which we'll talk about the unbelievable amount of money that this organization raised. But how did 
other cities and other people find out about this crazy check writing group of women that you concocted? Uh, it was crazy. I got a call after we gave away our first grant. I got a call on my landline in Cincinnati from the deputy Midwest bureau chief for People magazine. <laughs> and they wanted to write a story. <laughs> yeah, that was Deputy my reaction. Midwest chief. Bureau chief. Bureau chief, yeah. which which means a an editor, muck. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, for people. Yeah, and okay. they wanted to write the story. I literally thought it was a prank call. We had tried so hard to get media Can coverage. I tell you a funny story real quick? Please. I don't know why this popped in my hand, but it's really funny. Um, we had a, a guy from the middle. We, we do business in 42 different countries. Mm. And because of that, our banking information is everywhere because we receive wires and ACHs and LCs and we're, we're dealing with different currencies. So you're exposed a little, as sure. you would know, right. being a banker. And anyway, this guy from, uh, turns out it was Nigeria tried to mimic one of our customers and get us to wire some money. And it was, it was close. It's wow. pretty believable. We didn't do it. We have controls in place, but at any rate, he had gotten some money from three people in Canada. Mm. And I called my friend at the FBI and said, Hey, I just want to make you aware of this number of this email address. This is what happened. And he said, Jerry, I believe this. I got, I got contacted by someone with the Royal Canadian police about this very thing, uh, wire fraud. And he said, if you don't mind, I'm going to give you the n number. I said, son, fine, whatever. Didn't hear anything for two weeks, whatever. We didn't get beat out of anything. We're moving on. And my phone rings. And I pick up and uh, this guy says, hello, uh, A, is this Bill Courtney? I said, yeah. And he said, this is Ronald McDonald with the Royal <laughs> Canadian Police. <laughs> Did you know what I said? <laughs> Get the hell out of here. And I hung up. As I knew it was a buddy screw. Ronald McDonald with the Canadian Police Department. I did hang up. Phone came back and he said, that happens sometimes. My name's really Ronald McDonald and I'm really with the cops. And I'm like, okay, you got my attention now. So I can completely understand yeah. you want to hang up on People Magazine. Yeah. I mean, you're a banker in Cincinnati. What does people want to do with you? They're writing stories about. Steve Martin and Elle McPherson. Not, exactly. Not yeah. you, celebrities. Wendy in Cincinnati. Well, and at the time, we had been trying so hard to get local media coverage. And we nobody were- Nobody was interested. Nobody cared. Yeah. But when we gave the money away, like buried in the living section was this little article that said- Impact of we, your newspaper, yeah, of this so Cincinnati the, the Inquirer. The newspaper didn't see it as really newsworthy, but people, and I think- I'm not read. I don't know if it still is, but People is or has been like the most widely read magazine. At the, the time, world. it was. I don't know if it still is, well, but at the time, it was the most widely read publication. Period. So yeah. it's a big deal when it they call you. Really they want to do a story, deal. like a real live full. A real live story. All right. So you say after you don't hang up on them. Exactly. I say okay. And man, did she do her homework. She was, she asked a lot of questions. And interestingly, because this conversation started off talking about my childhood, that's exactly where her interview started. Now, that just means that I'm a 
Stone Cold professional. Exactly. Clearly. It is clear. <laughs> um, so that when she started asking me, and and I am a person who doesn't like lying. Now, let me just say that at that point, my closest friends did not know how my mother died. Oh, but you had found out. So I found out in between it was shortly after graduating high school, but before I went to college. So literally four years in the summer. But then you never, you did mums the word just like your family. Right. I didn't tell You stayed it. part of that culture. I didn't tell a soul. Wow. Are you telling me you let your friends know that your mom committed suicide in People Magazine? Well, I did reach out to them before it came in print, <laughs> oh but gosh. there definitely are people who found out because of the magazine. There's no wow. doubt about it. And and I, so, you know, I have to tell her the story and I beg her, I'm like, look, don't make this sensational. Please don't make everything that I've done be all about. about this tragedy. Like, right. please don't do that. She wouldn't. I said, can you show me the article before you before it goes to print? And she's like, absolutely not. Yeah, we don't that, do that. That's not happening. That, right. So I literally had to call my sisters and say, um, Here's I, don't, what I, said. I, I don't know if you've told your friends, but... I think when this article comes out, the gig well, might be mad. up. You know, I think they were a little surprised. I mean, the whole thing, it's like, how do you even react to that? They weren't, I, I don't think they were surprised that I told the truth. I think they were surprised that someone would want to put it in a story. Like, I think it was hard. It, it, but but you really do understand it is so much about who you are, exactly. and that's why I'm not sensationalizing. No, 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 no. And 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 wouldn't and and I have a serious, genuine, uh, empathetic heart for what your mom must have struggled with, just going day to day, and your poor father, and and all, and you, and the girls, and all of it. But it's really it. The whole reason that's so important is because. The irony of how hard your mom struggled just to live life and what a strong woman she raised and you became and how then you have made this massive impact on our country with more strong women. I think I think the story cannot be unconnected. Right. Exactly. And it was a gift to me in a lot of ways because. I am someone who tells the truth. So like I couldn't imagine having a lie in print and it ended up being really freeing, but it was sort of scary in the moment because- I bet, I bet, it, I bet you had all kinds of insecurity over it. I mean, what asked, is this person going to write about me? Right. All that. But turns out the article was pretty daggum good. And the, it turns out, yeah, that the article not only is what spread the word about Impact 100, but- randomly it also because it was people magazine parenthetically mentioned that i was divorced oh you were divorced at this time yeah so Got while it. i was building impact 100 my marriage was falling apart and oh. so why didn't you go up to the the woman at the bait shop up in michigan she could have <laughs> set you up she was gone by then oh, okay. <laughs> sadly right, yeah good. she what's, was gone. what's her name esther simpson all you had to yeah. do is go see esther she could have fixed you up with 
some dude down the street. Actually, that's kind of what happened. I'm pretty (laughs) sure that Esther channeled her (laughs) matchmaking (laughs) through People Magazine because, wait for it, the guy that I dated during the summers in Northern Michigan when I lived in St. Louis and went to high school and he lived in Birmingham, Michigan and went to high school on Walloon Lake, he is sitting in a doctor's office waiting for his physical. Reading people magazine. He picks up the magazine. He sees me. And remembers. He knows who I am. And of course, if he didn't know who I was, it gives my maiden name. Like it, it, there was no mistaking which Wendy they were talking about here. And he was divorced. <laughs> He's reading I was divorced. He picked up the phone. I think he called his mom first and said, do you remember Wendy Herman? Um, and so then when I got a call from him, before he could say his name, I knew his voice. You're has, kidding me. He has this very distinctive Michigan accent. Like it's just a very deep voice and and very memorable. It's and very so distinct. you went on on a date, never saw him again, right? Yeah, well, that well, that's maybe he's your husband happily now, ever after. Yeah, so we got married. the The article came out in January of '03. He was divorced with two kids. I was divorced with three. We got married in June of '05. We're getting ready to have 18 years of marriage, and our blended family of five kids is like the best thing ever and amazing yeah totally happy you know ever after. it's really interesting um the sand dunes and water of northern michigan gave you your mother mm-hmm. your stepmother and your husband cool right yeah there's got to be a story in there about I think you could have a matchmaking website called (laughs) Esther of Northern Michigan or something. That thing's insane. It's insane. Yeah. It's so funny how that place was woven into my dad's romantic life and mine. Crazy. It is crazy. All right. So People Magazine comes out and I assume because they did a good job with the story your email starts blowing up. Is that what happened? Wendy's answer to that after the break. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian Mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're going to get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question is going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, 
a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now we return to what happened after the People magazine feature came out. My email started blowing up. My phone started blowing up. People started saying, how do I buy a franchise? How do I license this? <laughs> buy a franchise. You only made it one year earlier. It, you don't even know what you're doing completely yet. Exactly. And this was designed to remove the barriers, to get women involved. Yeah, no, we're not. So yeah. I was over the moon. That It's like, wait a minute, really? You want to do that there? That's fantastic. Let me tell you how. And that's how it all began. And now, 20 years later, 20 years later, cities that it is. So it's, it is around the world. So we have chapters in the United States. We have eight in Australia, one in New Zealand, one in the UK. And what city in the UK? Is it London or London? Yeah. Um, You said eight in Australia, right? That's interesting. It's really interesting. It's taken off like wildfire there, which is fantastic. So Australia, New Zealand, UK. Yep. And in the States? And around the United States, we have, so our first grant was in 2002 for $123,000. Right. By the end of 2022, so 20 years later, we have grown a thousand fold and we've given away now more than $123 million. One woman at a time. is... Phenomenal. Isn't it crazy? And you can't do that baking cookies. <laughs> no, you really can't. You really can't. Ha, listen, the the story of and, and it works the same way you described the first year everywhere. Everywhere. It works the same everywhere. way. Everywhere. Although I will tell you in Australia, 
all but one chapter is general gender neutral. So in other words, it's not all women in Australia. And but other than that, yes, it works. It the model works. So the the thing about it, well, not the thing, but I mean, how much? How many millions? How hundred? What? Over one hundred and twenty-three million dollars. Which is ironic because that is exactly a thousand times. Isn't that your crazy? First one. And I'm embarrassed to tell you how long it took me to make that connection. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm the king of ironic connections. So it, don't it worry was. About it. I'll, it I'll took miss me the most obvious. Such but I'll see a irony. long because we we announced it on what is called the Global Day of Impact, which is the first Thursday in November, and this year. So last year was the first. Global Day of Impact, and we broke through 100 million, which was super exciting and lots to celebrate. And it was a first. Well, this year I'm looking at it, I'm like, it's like 123 million and change, you know, like, I'm like, couldn't it be 125 million? Like, couldn't it be like, and I literally it never dawned on you. <laughs> I literally said to the someone on the committee, can we, can we just say more than 120 million? Because I like round numbers. And they're like, no, 123 is powerful. Literally, it took me way longer than it should have. And I was like, holy mackerel, this is crazy. This is the most poetic number you could have had. So, what? look, phenomenal. Um, phenomenal. But, you know, has it dawned on you the, um, the numbers of women you must have empowered through this as yeah, well? Yeah, it's wild. It's I like, mean, to me, that's the – it's not as big a blessing as all of what – all of that money having serious, major, profound impacts on on nonprofit work all, all over the, the world. And you can't – by no means do I want to diminish that. But what I am saying is I think there's a – I think there's an almost equally powerful um, – byproduct of of your work that is changing a culture for women from work-based stuff to being able to to say hey we can we can raise money too with the best of them and and yeah. we can pull it off just like anybody i mean you you you've in large part changed the way a lot of women think about philanthropy and their commitment and connection with it Yes, and really how they think about themselves. Well, that's uh, interesting. Because imagine so so there's so many things that have come of this that I wish I could say I expected, but I didn't. One of it is that when you look across the Impact 100 universe, Roughly 50% of the women who join have never written a check to a single charity for $1,000 prior to joining Impact. Now, in some cases, it is a little bit of a capacity. They actually had to budget. They had to rearrange things in order to make that donation. But there were other women who had the capacity. They just didn't feel that they knew enough or they were the right person to give. So you imagine what do you mean the right person? Do you mean, well you mean they deferred that to their husband or they or they deferred that to an other, whether the other was someone in their own family or whether the other was an unknown other in the community that knows more than they do that are they, better is, connected. Do you think that has to do with confidence? 
I think it has to do with, yeah, I would say sometimes it has to do with confidence. And I think it has to do with making philanthropy mystified. Like, mm. like you've got to be in this ivory tower. You have to know somebody or you have to be somebody in order to be a philanthropist. And part mm. of the reason I intentionally used philanthropist is because when you, when you take apart that word and its Greek origins, to be a philanthropist means to love humanity. And so what I refer to as an effective philanthropist is someone who loves others well. You know, Wendy, in a sense, the whole reason this, this show exists is because I have this belief that what's, what, what ills our society will never be fixed by people in D.C. and New York in fancy suits talking big words. It's just going to be, quote, an army of normal folks that just see a need and say, I can help. And as I hear you, it, it, it dawns on me that you started an army of normal folk 20 years ago. You empowered women specifically. Yep. To uh, to look at philanthropy different and just say, yeah, I'm an average person, but a team of average people can do extraordinary things. And you gave them a platform to express that and to achieve that. I mean, that's got to be you got to be. I know, I, I'm I'm not saying you're pious, but I I mean, do you allow yourself to be? Do you pinch yourself and allow yourself to be proud of what you've done? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I am, I'm amazed. I'm amazed, really, when I look at it. And when we change those hearts, think about the ripple effect of how many lives women touch. And so if I go. I, from, I, have, I have to tell you something. Hmm. Everybody walking was first touched by a woman. Yes, that, that is very true. Yes, or as I have friends in the in the uh, women's health research, and they say all life starts with women. All like, life yes. does start with women. Um, it, if you imagine going from wringing your hands, being concerned about the problems that are facing our community today, and you pivot to being on the side of the table that gets to be a part of the solution. You're a changed person. Mm -hmm. So true. And now so, that's that's true for men or women. That's true no matter, right? right? And and then you understand that a lot of the women who join Impact 100, they're not what I would call your usual suspects. So if you go to any community, there are those women who are involved in everything, just like I'm sure there are men who are involved in everything. They are the usual suspects. They're the first people you go to when you want to do something new. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of those women. Every I'm very happy. Every community has those. They do, right? Yeah, right. But because of the way Impact 100 works, we get women who would tell you, I'm not a joiner. I don't like women's groups. I prefer to hang out with men. I prefer beer over wine. I This is not my thing. And yet they join Impact 100. So what happens is, is that when you have these seasoned philanthropists, the names that you know in every community, sitting alongside women 
who are newly minted philanthropists. This is a first for them. And under your one check, one vote thing, the seasoned philanthropists are no more important than the beer drinking chick that doesn't want to hang out with all the women. Exactly. But when you get them together, suddenly they realize they have a lot in common. Now, they wouldn't know each other. They don't live in the same zip code. They don't shop at the same stores. Their kids don't go to the same schools. They aren't going to the same churches and synagogues. But they are realizing that there's not very much that separates them from each other. Mm. And so friendships start to happen. And and the impact of Impact 100, we see it in the community with extra grants and more money and connections that go to the nonprofits, whether they get our funding or not. But we also see it among the women who serve, is that their lives change. So they actually build a community. Yeah. I hear my favorite thing to do other than this, my favorite thing to do is to go to these communities and meet the women who are making it happen. And what I hear is these are my lifelong best friends. This, I now know my passion. You know, I, I learned, I didn't even know that that was a problem. Now I know this organization is addressing it. I am no longer going to serve on the leadership team of Impact 100. I want to go volunteer to be on this person's board because I now know that this was what I was born to care about. This is what I was born to do. Is the $123 million or what you're talking about right now the biggest payoff for you personally? This. It's those individual women who step into their, their strength. I've said a hundred times that I don't think philanthropy is a nice thing to do. I think by virtue of the blessings that we've been graced with, it's a requirement to give back, not a nice thing to do. But I've also said, and I also believe with everything I am, that if you do it humbly and for the right reasons, motivated by the simple edification of someone who's not as blessed as you are, and you... uh you grow as a result of the work that you do, that the payoff behind all of it is you get 50,000 times more out of it than you ever put into it. Mm -hmm. And I hear, and I I wish people could see your face when you're talking about it because you light up and the $123 million is phenomenal. And it's untold how many people's lives have been bettered as a result of all the money raised from your idea 20 years ago. But it is true that you personally get more out of seeing the strength and power of women and the relationships fostered. You get so much more out of that than you ever thought you put into it 20 years ago. Absolutely. And in that, the payoff to getting out in your community and going to work is what you get out of it too, is so much more than what you put into it. We'll be right back. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. It is 2024, and we're gonna get through this together, folks. My campaign promise to all of you here on Next Question, it's going to be a good time the whole time, we hope. I have some big news to share with you on our season premiere featuring Kris Jenner, who's got some words of wisdom for me on being a good grandmother, or in her case, a good lovey. You know, you start thinking of what you want your grandmother name to be. Like, are they going to call me grandma like I called my grandmother? So I got to choose my name, which is now Lovey. 
I'll also be joined by Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, to name a few. So come on in and take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. I loved it. Your energy and joy. I'm squeezing every minute I can for you out of this season of Next Question. Last question, I promise. You have to go. I have to go. (laughs) But it's been so fun. And I can't wait for you to hear it. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily. As I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hannah Storm and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a it's an army of normal folks, and what could be more normal than a hundred women? None of which are we're not talking about multimillionaires or whatever, but a hundred women getting together and writing a check for a thousand dollars, democratizing philanthropy, which is a phenomenal idea. That's very cool that you came up with it, and then affecting change in their neighborhoods. I read that. Some of your chapters have now 200 women and 300 women and and even more 400 women. And you would hear that and you would think, well, yeah, in Dallas or Houston or San Francisco or L.A. or Chicago or, well, now that I know, maybe Sydney or London, where you got these huge population centers that that's doable. But if I'm sitting around listening in, Making Georgia, it'd be hard to pull a hundred women together, which it might be. Um, but I read about a chapter in the Panhandle, and I, I want you to share that story 
because it, to me, illustrates that you don't have to be in New York surrounded by an immense amount of wealth to pull this off. Yeah, absolutely not. My goal is if an impact chapter can grow to 500 women, then they give one grant in each of those five focus areas every single Which is a half year. Million dollars. That's that would be my goal for, for any chapters. chapters. And not all chapters can do it for sure. And honestly, not all chapters, they're all run by volunteers. So not all chapters want to do it and not all communities, you know, will support that. But you can't judge a book by its cover, as you are alluding to. In Pensacola, Florida. Oh, first of all, not all of our listeners know much about Pensacola, Florida. I mean, people from my neck of woods do because we all vacation the Panhandle of Florida because it's the closest beach. But Pensacola, Florida is... Demographically, it's probably the second poorest county in all of Florida. It is. It's is stunningly amazing. beautiful. It is the, beautiful, it's, but it's, uh, it's also a military town. A yeah, bit, the Navy's there. The Blue Angels make their home there. It's, right? If you like that, which we do. I mean, watching those Blue Angels fly is incredible. But don't hear Pensacola and think Fancy. Miami or whatever. <laughs> it yeah. is, it, like you said, I think it is the second or third poorest county in all of Florida. And um, Pensacola... By their tenth anniversary, reached a thousand members, and they gave away in a single day that has become known as Million Dollar Sunday. They gave away a million dollars. They gave two grants in each of those five focus areas. But in they, the second poorest county in Florida. It, but they didn't stop. So that was this year, 2023, is their 20th anniversary year. Every year from their 10th until 2022, I don't know the numbers yet for this year, they have given away at least a million dollars. Most recently, for at least the past four or five years, they've given away $1.1 million. So they give away 11 grants of at least $100,000 in the two counties, which is Santa Rosa and Escambia, I think, counties in Pensacola, which is just remarkable. That I mean, is honestly. absolutely phenomenal. I don't know what they're going to do for their 20th anniversary. <laughs> um, it's pretty hard to beat where, where they already are. They are the world's largest Impact 100 chapter. But can you imagine in, in a community like what we just discussed... Mm-hmm how far that money goes and what it's doing for some 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 amazing organizations i mean it's it's so it's, cool. it's uh, that's a lot of money it's a lot of money it is a lot of money and it's and yet i i travel a lot and I, when i'm on a plane to pensacola inevitably someone will say what brings you there And I will say, have you ever heard of Impact 100? Now, this is on a plane going to Pensacola and... To your largest chapter. To the largest chapter that has done amazing things. And they say no. And they say, I've never heard of it. I say, really? (laughs) So if there are still people in Pensacola who've never heard of Impact 100, they haven't reached their highest potential. Now, I don't know what that looks like, but... Imagine those bigger cities, the Sydneys, 
the New Yorks, the the Palm Beach, the Miamis, all of Chicago's, those. That, that's what has to drive you. Is that there's so many people who still haven't heard. So, uh, Wendy, um, here's the deal. Um, I can't think of a more appropriate person to be part of the army of normal folks because you're you're a, a kid who grew up in St. Louis and then ended up in Cincinnati. Um, you know, three kids, a dad who traveled, um, and a, a mom who struggled. And everybody in the world has struggles and you go and get a degree and go into banking and get married and get divorced, get remarried. And, and you had an idea and you've affected countless lives, not only of the people that your organization has given money to, but, um, the, the people actually inside the organization operating it and, and the empowerment and the, and the sense of self they get from it. It's, it's an amazing story and you should be proud. And I, I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed our chat. One of the things we do on an army of normal folks is we all give our contact information. I have mine. Um, our producer, Alex, he used to have it, but it was in his car. <laughs> um, so would you mind sharing? Um, if anybody hears this and says, I want to do this in my community, how do they find out more and get in touch? Yeah, thank you. It's very easy. Wendy at impact100global.org. So it's global100, impact100global.org. Or you can reach me at wendyhsteel.com. S-T-E-L-E. -E -E. -E, thank you. Uh -huh. um, my cell phone number is 231-632-3588. Now you've done it. it it's, I'm pretty easy to find. I want <laughs> to be easy to find. Yeah. I love it. Wendy, um, thank you so much for coming to Memphis. And thanks for, for telling us your story. It's... it's uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing trip. And the fun thing about it is you're still in it and God knows where you go from here. I guess, I guess it's time to tack. Is that what you do? <laughs> yeah. Look at you. I know. Look at me. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for joining me, Wendy. Thank you so much, Bill. It was a treat. And thank you for joining us this week. Y'all, if Wendy or any other guest has inspired you in general, or better yet to take action by joining an Impact 100 chapter, starting one, buying her book, Invitation to Impact, or donating to Wendy's organization, Impact 100 Global, which is advising all these chapters for free and helping the movement grow, or something else entirely, please let me know. I want to hear about it. You can write me anytime at bill at normalfolks.us, and I promise you, I'll respond. And if you enjoyed this episode, share it with friends and on social. Subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. Become a premium member at normalfolks.us. All these things that will help grow an army of normal folks. I'm Bill Courtney. I'll see you next week.
Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse... I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities, or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know, what happened next? To find out, listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.